Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. I read and reread the book of Proverbs. I used different translations and I prayed as I read and asked God to show me the passages that deal with giving. There's much in the book of Proverbs about wealth, about success, about achievement, about divine guidance. But I was looking for the passages that deal with biblical giving or the biblical theology of giving. And I found three. Three that will be the focus of uh, these series of sermon and which constitute what I'm going to call in terms of the overarching theme of these uh, sermons, the golden triangle of giving. But each of the passages are complementary, like a photographer shooting a subject or a scene. Each passage takes a different angle. The golden triangle has height, depth, and width. It has a base and two sides, of course. And connected, these spiritual lines usher the child of God into the arena of biblical giving by focusing us on three components or three aspects or dimensions as it relates to giving. Our response to God, our own self-motivation, and then how we respond to others. Another way of looking at it is one passage deals with the content of our giving. Another passage deals with the intent of our giving. And the third passage deals with the extent of our giving. In Proverbs, these passages are adjoining rooms in a house that is filled with blessing and prosperity for anyone who chooses to inhabit or reside in their space. So today in part one of this series, we will look at the base or the foundation of this triangle and tour the great room. It's the great room. I'm calling this part the great room that launches and leverages our giving around a transcendent focus. So I want us to look at a scripture together. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. I'm going to read in the New International Version. Let's stand as we reverence the word of God. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. The first part of this series is titled, Worship. The perspective that elevates our giving. It elevates it. It all starts with God. There is a transcendent 
focus. We have to start with God. Three things I'm going to share with you around this, this subject, this theme for today's sermon, part one. Giving, in the first instance, reverences God's person. First and foremost, what we need to understand is that giving is an act of worship. The text that we shared this morning opens with this phrase, honor the Lord. A number of synonyms can be used here. When we think about what it really means to honor the Lord, love the Lord, reverence, hallow, or make or ascribe holiness to the Lord, set apart, put God first, or just worship God. There is no question in the writer's mind here that God is worthy of worship. The word in the original language translated honor means to make heavy. That, that's what the Hebrew word means when you get into the background or the etymology, or underneath the word. It means to make heavy. When we worship God, we're giving him the weight that he is worth. When we worship God, we are giving him the weight. God's not light, he's heavy. (laughs) You see, the one who says, the Lord is my shepherd, The one who David is ascribing that title to, he's heavy. Uh, The one who causes goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life, he's, I wish I had somebody here. He's heavy. The one who woke me up this morning, the one who says, if you just wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. He knew he was heavy. Giving reverences God's person, it acknowledges the worth of God. It acknowledges that he is due the weight that the scriptures give him. The other thing about this uh, honor, and we miss it in translation, is that it is not a multiple choice. It is in the original Hebrew, the language, it is an imperative mood. Meaning that it is a command. Honoring the Lord is not something you can choose to do. God commands us to worship him. John said it this way. uh, As he records Jesus' words in the gospel of John, he says the Father desireth true worshipers. But they that worship him must, y'all say must, must worship him in Spirit and truth. There is objective reality and subjective reality. But it is not an option. It is imperative. When we give, when we give, we are involved in a tangible demonstration of the opening volley of the model prayer, Hallowed be thy name. Folk do that and they say that and have no intent to honor God with their substance. They can recite the model prayer and say, Hallowed be thy name and never back it up with any tangible demonstration that that is true in their experience. What is worship? 
It is the sense and the service of God. Our sense of God drives our service for God in our giving response. Ultimately, ultimately, it is not where you end up in your giving. The form of the giving or the gift or the amount of the gift. But it's where you start that matters. And it's the starting place is God. And our worship of God is a perspective that elevates our giving. One time, if you read the Gospels and you see Jesus talk about giving and applaud what somebody does. It is not in this occasion those who gave ostentatiously, those who gave extravagantly, those who brought attention to their giving. It was a widow woman who did not have very much to give. But she reverenced the person of God and she gave God everything she had. Her might was mighty because she acknowledged that her giving had a transcendent source. She hallowed the name of Yahweh by her gift. So in the first instance, giving, when it's an act of worship, reverences God's person. In the second instance, giving recognizes God's provision. When we worship God in our giving, we're not only reverencing God's person, but we're recognizing his provision. We're told what to honor God with. God doesn't leave it to chance. We are told in the text what to honor God with. We are to honor him with our substance and with the first fruits of our increase. Now, these are not synonyms. They're different. I want to make sure we understand what the word of God is teaching us. Substance describes our ability, our strength, God-given. Everything comes from God, whether you acknowledge it or not. So substance is our capacity, it's our potential, it's our potency, it's our ability to produce wealth or generate income. In Proverbs 12, 27, the writer says, the substance of a diligent man is precious. In Proverbs 24 and 4, it says, by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant substance. In Proverbs 29 and 3, it says, He that keepeth company with prostitutes spendeth his substance. See, substance is our capacity. Substance is what you woke up with this morning. We honor the Lord with our substance. Before we arrive at a specific response, whether it's a tithe or an offering, or a benevolence response to someone in need, before we get to that point, We worship God in giving with our substance. We are compelled to recognize that everything we have already. See, our health, substance. Mind, substance. We wake up and we don't understand that our mind, just the ability to to think right and left, up and down. Substance. 
your credit card or credit rating, substance. Your education and training, substance. The stuff, cars, home, clothes is your family and your friends, your children, your grandchildren. Your job. Substance. Just lose your job and see. Substance. Your faith in God is your church. Your good name and reputation is nothing but substance. Everything we have come from God. There are many portraits and portrayals of um, King David in the, um, in the scriptures. He was a man after God's own heart. You know, the day David was at his best is when the ark came into Jerusalem. And he was twisting and twirling and turning. He was so excited. That was the day he was at his best. And he was at his best when he had a determined resolve. While he lived in comfort, he could not sleep. He could not rest in his palatial palace while God's temple went unbuilt. And he said, I can't rest, Lord, I won't. And even though God didn't allow it because he had bloody hands, he was a man of war, God did allow him to raise the money for it. And when he got through leading Israel in the offering, he looked up to God in prayer and said, That, O oh Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and everything that is here is yours. And he said, For all things come of thee, O oh Lord, and of thine own have I given thee. He recognized God's provision. You know, the story is told by a little African boy who came to a missionary and he came to this missionary who had been teaching about tithing and been teaching about first fruits. He came to the missionary with a big fish and he said to the preacher, the missionary, he says, I've brought my tithe. Uh, The missionary looked over his glasses and said to the little boy, he says, if this is your tithe, as the little boy smiled, He says, if this is your tithe, if this is your first fruits offering, where is the rest of it? Where's the other nine fish? He says, the other nine fish are still in the lake, but I'm going to catch them. God's got some stuff in the lake for us. But we got to be willing. My first recollection of the phrase Sunday best was not a gospel singing competition. But rather, as a child growing up, poor, in rural West Tennessee, with a very limited wardrobe, with a very limited, I mean limited, wardrobe. Sunday best was... You get your little limited wardrobe together so you can honor God with the best you had. It might be blue jeans and bibs, but if it was your best, 
Mama knew what Sunday best was, and she, she knew what it wasn't. And it wasn't Kirk Franklin either. Well, today, I have on my Sunday best. It's not the clothing we wear. It's not about the clothing you wear, Sunday best. It's about the fruit you bear. I'm wearing my Sunday best because I believe if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I'm wearing my Sunday best because he woke me up. This morning, and he started me on. I'm wearing my Sunday best because I really do believe that the Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm wearing my Sunday best because through many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. It was grace that brought me. Safe thus far, and grace will lead me on. I'm wearing my Sunday best because I really do believe that my God shall supply, shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So when worship is the perspective that elevates our giving, it not only calls us to give reverence to God's person and to recognize God's provision, but it also allows us to receive God's promises. God can do more with what we have than we can. The text tells us, because the author understands the power of a picture, what it looks like. He says, first of all, your barn shall be filled with plenty. The barn was a storehouse in ancient Israel. Grain and other commodities were stored in the barn While some of the barns were above ground, archaeologists have learned that much of the storage was beneath the ground. The farmer would hew out caves and caverns in which he would place his crop, his harvest, to keep it safe from pest and parasite. The wisdom writer says, as he's directed by the Holy Spirit, God will fill your barns with plenty. And the word plenty means he will fill it to the brim. Literally, he'll fill it to the point where you say, Lord, no more. I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I've trusted you and you kept your word. And I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied with what you have done. There are some blessings God has given me you can't see. They're under the surface. They're between me and God. There are some hurts he's healed. There are some things he's pardoned. There are some blessings he's wrought over in the midnight hour that can't nobody see. And if God does nothing else, I can go into the board. Look underneath the surface. Underneath the stuff you can see. And I'm telling you, God has been good. God's been good. 
This is, this is what it looks like. Your barns, the places nobody else can go with you, the places you're hurting, the places you've been wounded for a long time, the places nobody else has been able to help you with. He said, I'll fix it. Your barns shall be filled with plenty. Here's the second part of that picture. And your wine presses shall burst forth with new wine. See, we honor the Lord with substance. But, but, but the next thing it says, the first fruits of our increase is, is that the wine presses burst forth. See, the wine press was a hollow cavity, and grapes were placed in it, and they would trample. He says they'll be filled with new wine of the juice that the wine press had trodden out. It hadn't been fermented yet. And this is why the Lord says in the Gospels that you can't put new wine into old wineskins because the new wine will expand. This part of the passage dealing with the potential and the possibility God offers to us when we trust him. I want God, I can't speak for nobody else, but for my family, my household, I want God to bless me even more. I want him to use me even more. The old wine skin I need to get rid of because we miss blessings when we use the old wineskin. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.